It's your girl, Kina Zontel, and this is a special episode of Citizen the Pod. I hope everyone is doing well. I'm so excited to talk to you today because I'm going, it's just going to be about me. Like, it's just going to be about us. It's just going to be about updates and things that I feel like I need to put you on to. So you can consider this my surgeon into the midterms, races to watch, put you on episode. So let's really get started. Um, The primaries are over and I have been like any political junkie paying attention to the polls, paying attention to races in different parts of the country, trying to gauge the enthusiasm meter. I think it was clear to me back in 2016 that there was not enthusiasm behind Hillary Clinton and that worried me. And of course, it proved to be true, right? It proved that she was not inspiring a new generation of people to come out to vote. There was no vibe like what we had with President Barack Obama. And that, you know, has led to the place we're at now, like the place where I have to pay attention to the midterm elections so heavy because I'm just so motivated and hopefully other people are getting inspired by the nonsense happening in a White House and our need to be able to, you know, defend this democracy. So let's first start by looking at the races to watch. The primaries are done, as mentioned before, we're less than or we're probably less than 50 days away from the midterms elections at this point. And the midterms were just full of surprises, especially at the congressional level. I mean, they were peppered with color and spice and pizzazz. And yes, honey, I am talking about black pepper because we got black women just running for office in leaps and bounds. And, you know, it's our goals to just make sure that this country is going in the right direction and we're just no longer sitting on the sidelines. So first, I want to get started with Ayanna Presley. I'm, I'm sure many of you have heard of this wonderful woman, but, you know, her election was definitely one to watch And it was just so inspirational to see that emotional meme that went viral of her daughter like crying, just like of excitement, seeing her mom step into the limelight and just be able to win, like see all of the fight that her mom put forth and to see her win. I just think that that is something any young African-American, Latino, Asian, Native, I mean, people of color, we just love to see us win, right? So a little bit about her. She's the first black woman elected to the Boston City Council. She defeated a 10-term incumbent, Representative Michael Capuano, for the 7th District. Now, what's interesting about her district is it's the only majority non-white district in Massachusetts. And this seat has never been held by a person of color. So this is already out the gate something very interesting. I mean, people... Minority communities are deciding that, you know what, we need representation that reflects our needs, our goals, our dreams, and that we can relate to. And we're stepping up and voting them into office. She's no political outsider. You know, a lot of people try to draw comparisons to her and 
Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, but they both have two very different backgrounds. Um, you know, Ayana is a, like I mentioned, a political insider. She interned for Joe Kennedy. She volunteered for Senator John Kerry's reelection campaign and then went on to work for him until she decided to step down and run for Boston's at-large seat. I mean, so she's had a career in the game. Like this is an experienced woman who decided that, you know what, I've been doing so much to advance the careers of other Democrats. It's time for me to do that myself. And I wholeheartedly applaud her courage and we need her. I love her story. So watch out for her race, folks. So that is Massachusetts. 7th District, Ayanna Presley, and I believe she's running unopposed. So I feel like this may be, you know, one of them good walk-ins and I'm not really mad at it. I would be excited to see her get sworn in in January. Next on my list is Johanna Hayes. Now I love her story. She's running for the 5th District in Connecticut. And what's cool about her is she is a teacher. She is an educator. So we've spent a few months talking about teacher strikes in Oklahoma and Kentucky and in Arizona and how we should be fighting to make sure our teachers are getting paid what they deserve. And this woman says, after reaching the pinnacle, I mean, she was awarded the 2016 National Teacher of the Year Award from President Barack Obama. And she realized the fight isn't over. You know, I educate children every day, but it's time for me to step into public office and to take this, my ability and my love of service for other people to the next level. I mean, she's a mom of four. She's a wife of a police detective. She was the talent and professional development director for the Waterbury Public School Systems. And I mean, she was a social studies teacher. So this is like a history buff. And I love her story. And I think all of us, again, we need to pay attention to Johanna Hayes, 5th District, Connecticut. So moving on, because I'm just, t let me let me keep it real with you. I got a whole list of Black Girl Magic to run by y'all. So Johanna Hayes, we need to remember Ariana Presley. And you know what? Donate 5 to $10 to each one of these campaigns. Yes, I want us, if you can't volunteer, you can donate. Do your part. You know, campaigns are won on the ground and in our pocketbooks. I'm going to keep it real. You need money and you need grassroots. You need both to be successful. And there have been people who have been outspent, but that's because they ground game is crazy. And I respect the hell out of that. But if you can do your part and make a small donations to these campaigns, hey, it'll go a long way. Next on my list is Lucy McBath. She has... Again, another black woman with such an inspirational story. So Lucy McBath is a gun control advocate from Georgia. And many may not know, but her story starts in sadness. Her son, Jordan Davis, was shot and killed in November of 2012, arguing with a man about loud music at a gas station. He was sitting in his friend's car and was approached by a white man who was upset about how loud the music was in the car. And he decided to viciously kill him. I mean, 
This is at the heart of the of the Black Lives Matter movement. This is after Trayvon. This is Georgia of all states, which which already has a questionable civil rights past. And she's using that hurt. She's using that pain to drive her into public office. And these are the kind of candidates we need. Candidates with stories, candidates with things to say and to talk about, people who reflect our struggle. It's just so important. And she has me motivated. I know she has other people in Georgia motivated. Um, She's running for Georgia's sixth district against a candidate I'm going to bring up a little later in this story because it's just so important for her to win. So not only did she lose her son to gun violence, she's also a breast cancer survivor. You know, it's just she's just such an inspiration. You know, after her son's death, she joins Moms Demand Action for Gun Sense in America as a national spokeswoman. And she's running against Karen Handel, an incumbent Republican, you know, and she's decided that her weak stance on gun violence, on gun control, Karen Handel's weak stance on gun control was no longer acceptable when we live in a day of, of that like Stoneman Douglas High School can happen where somebody can just decide to take a gun and just come shoot her kids. And that is what inspired her, her own story and just seeing it happen to a, a group of kids, let alone just her son. So keep Lucy McBath and all these candidates in your prayers, in your minds. Keep paying attention to them. She's Georgia's sixth district. I'm ruined for her and all the other ladies I've mentioned so far. Moving on, we've got Lauren Underwood. She's an RN. She's a nurse, okay, running for Illinois District 14 seat, all right? This is an awesome woman. Um, she is a registered nurse that was appointed by President Obama to serve as a senior advisor at the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services. And... He wanted to work with her because, again, she has a unique story. At a young age, she was diagnosed with a heart condition. This heart condition, her own personal trials and tribulations, led her to work with the White House on the Affordable Care Act. She understood the importance, the the need for Americans to have the ability to get quality healthcare. Okay. She understood it at a young age. She was diagnosed with a heart condition. That is a pre-existing condition that 29 Republican attorney generals in this country is filing a lawsuit against us in order to stop the to, to stop the premise that pre-existing conditions should not be used as a reason not to give someone health care. I mean, she was a part, she's a part of the struggle. She lived the struggle. She understands what Americans need. She's a registered nurse. I mean, she's been working with people her whole life. And now on top of running for office, she's also an instructor. She's also a professor teaching other young men and women the importance of going into the healthcare industry and being a nurse. I mean, these are the kind of candidates that we have been waiting for. I need us to remember Lauren Underwood, Illinois District 14. 
And I'm going to keep going because, like I said, Congress is about to be peppered with nothing but black girl magic. Uh, My next candidate is Ilan Omar. Love her story. First Somali-American politician from Minnesota, folks. I mean, who knew? Who knew? When I think of Minnesota, I just think of a bunch of white people. I didn't even know that there was a large Somali community, but she had to overcome that, get out on these streets and also get people who didn't look like her to support her. You you understand what I'm saying? When we have direct conversations with people, it don't matter if you're in a hijab or a head wrap or a, a scarf or a bonnet, baby, we can get out here and get people excited registered to vote and in our corner because they can feel that we're doing these things for the right reason. She's running for fifth district, the fifth district in Minnesota, a seat vacated by representative Keith Ellison. He was a great, he's a great democratic politician. He's running for attorney general because he sees the value in being a state's law enforcement officer, someone who fights for the people at the state level, right? He wouldn't be one of these attorney generals that is deciding they don't want, they want to sue the government because the ACA is forcing insurance companies to offer health insurance to people with pre-existing conditions. So we don't have to deal with, we won't have those issues if Keith Ellison becomes the AG in Minnesota. And we definitely won't, we'll have, definitely have a fighter if Alan Omar takes her takes that fabulous congressional seat she was born in somalia she was in a refugee camp in kenya she lived in a refugee camp in kenya came to the united states she is progressive she and she is endorsed by the justice democrats that is a progressive organization on a platform of 15 dollars minimum wage medicare for all and abolishing ice and i know there are some people who have issues with the idea of abolishing ice I feel like there should be an agency that does work like ICE is supposed to, but isn't a terrorist. So that's a whole nother conversation, folks. But I'm so excited to tell you all about her and what she's about. And again, we need to remember Elon Omar, 5th District, Minnesota. All right. So let me recap. We've got Elon Omar, 5th District, Minnesota, Lauren Underwood, um, 14th Illinois District. We've got Lucy McBath, 6th District, Georgia. We've got Ayanna Presley, 7th District. Um, let me think, 7th District. I know I got it written down here. Boston, stand up. Um, and then we've got 5th District, Connecticut, Miss Johanna Hayes. All right. Flipping through my notes. I'm going to just keep it rolling. Okay. So last and certainly not least for women running for Congress, it's Rashida Talab or Talab. I'm not sure if I'm saying this right. T-L-A-I-B. But she's a guaranteed winner, folks. Okay. She's running for the 13th district in Michigan. She is running unopposed in November. So we about to have her walked in as the first Muslim congresswoman. Y'all hear that? I mean, I'm kind of sick of saying first in regards to people of 
color in this country running for office. But you know what? I'm going to I'm going to be positive. I'm going to pat us on the back because we're making moves. We're making the right moves. And the nonsense that came out of 2016 is inspiring us to do more, to go big or go home. And right now we, we stand in this country. They ain't getting rid of us. So we got to keep going. But let me tell you a little bit about her. She's a former Michigan state legislator. She's the first Palestinian American U.S. Congresswoman. Rewind. First Palestinian American U.S. Congresswoman. If you haven't been paying attention to the news recently, the U.S. State Department or I believe the Department of Justice mentioned that they weren't having the best relationship with our Palestinian friends and may have decided to close down the Palestinian embassy or I want to say, I don't, another word for embassy, I can't, it was just consulate is another word that they use. But is anyone surprised? I mean, have you paid, paid attention at all to the Trump administration's agenda in regards to um, Israel and the way in which we recently saw in the last six months bomb attacks of Palestinians on the border. I mean, these people are essentially forced to stay on the smallest piece of piece of land. There are millions of people and they've been cut off from outside resources. There is no clean water going into going into Palestine right now. There is a drought. There are no supplies coming in. I mean, we already know how they treat black and brown people here. They're not treating black and brown people right in Israel right now. I am not your West Bank connoisseur. I don't know everything about what's going on there, but I know injustice when I see it. So I just think that it's so important to have a Palestinian voice in Congress right now. You know, it's just the same way that we should have a Puerto Rican, Puerto Ricans should have a voice in Congress. The same thing should be said for Palestinians and Palestinian Americans. So I'm so excited for her and her campaign. We've got work to do. These are awesome female candidates. Again, she's running unopposed, baby. But if you want to throw some money her way to keep her going, to keep her engaged, she's she's got to be able to reach out to her constituents. You know, that money also goes to outreach. People need to hear her story. People need to hear her message. Hopefully she's inspiring Palestinian women and boys and girls all across this country, Muslim women and boys and girls and men all across this country. We need her. We need these candidates. Again, she's 13th District, Michigan. All of these women are superior. This is an important midterm election. So let me recap again these important names in these districts. Ariana Presley, 7th District. Remember her. I want to say that's Massachusetts. Yeah, why didn't I write down Massachusetts? Boston, stand up. Stand up for your girl, Miss Presley. Johanna Hayes, 5th District, Connecticut. Stand up. We've got Lucy McBath coming out of Georgia's 6th District. Stand up. We've got Lauren Underwood, Illinois, District 14. Holla at your girl. We've got Elon Omar, 5th District, Minnesota. Send, send, send these women some money. You know, women like campaign donation gifts, too. 
send them a few dollars. Small donations go a long way. We've seen what it did to Bernie Sanders. We've seen what it did to Barack Obama. I mean, we were giving five, ten, fifteen dollars. Send your money over to them, okay? And also, you know, if you got a few extra change, throw some at Auntie Maxine. I mean, they coming for our girl in California. We can't let them do do us like this. Stand up. Anyway, I'm going to keep going because I think that there are some important gubernatorial races that you need to stay focused on this November. And let's be clear, state houses are our only hope, our only line of defense in the Trump era. Let me repeat this for you, okay? Our only line of defense, our only hope is to be able to have a say at the state level because we are living in a Trump era with Republicans controlling both houses, both levels of government at the federal level. I am praying that the midterm elections at minimum flips the house because this man needs a crazy check. But we need to make sure that we're getting control in our state houses because they are also finding ways to get around us. So let's talk a little bit about Paulette Georgian. Jordan. She's 38 years old. She's Native American. She's running for governor of Idaho. The last time we had a Democratic governor of Idaho was 1990. She's from a rural district and she's a member of the Cor d'Alene tribe. I know I butchered that tribe name, but let me tell you, honey, let me tell you listeners, she is the real thing, okay? And she's taking that grassroots. I'm here to talk to the people to the next level, okay? I mean, there are Democrats out here from rural districts that are trying to figure out what makes Miss Jordan What's making her a viable candidate these days? And it's her ability to connect with people. It's putting in the hard work. It's spending your time walking, walking your district. It's spending your time, you know, being with the people. That's the only thing that gets you over the threshold. That's it. Be yourself. Be authentically you. She said, we're not speaking to political party issues. We're speaking to the concerns of the people. You hear that? We're not speaking to political party issues were speaking to the concerns of the people. She's a progressive, but nuanced. She's from rural Idaho. She's going to make sure she's addressing what her constituents wants. She's not taking NRA money, but she is a gun owner, a gun owner, a responsible one at that. She's also running to keep public lands public and not just sell them off to the elite. I mean, this is Idaho. I mean, this is probably one of the the most beautiful landscapes you can see in this country. No, they should not sell it off. They shouldn't do it. Um, and better public schools, things that we all care about. And let me let me read this one more time because this I feel like is important for all everyone who's running for office. We're not speaking to political party issues. We're speaking to the concerns of the people. Party over country, point blank period. Moving on, Andrew Gullum, my boy out of Florida already love this candidate. I love who's running against him because he's going to flop. Polls are already saying that Gillum was ahead. So I'm excited about his campaign. He was a total surprise. There were two other Democratic candidates who were going after this seat, who were established candidates that everyone expected to win. So he was outspent. 
he was outspent 10 to 1. So I'm just so excited for Gullum as a candidate. He's progressive. He was the former. He is the mayor of Tallahassee. He's running on $15 minimum wage, Medicare for all, opposition to stand your ground. Y'all hear that? Opposition to stand your ground. 50K teacher pay. I mean, this should be a no brainer. And I'm going to keep it 100. There are definitely teachers in and around where I'm from, Buffalo, New York, who are getting paid 60. So 60, 70, 80. I mean, our teachers get paid well here and they may not deserve it. Whereas we got teachers who got to take on second jobs in other states. And I just find that to be appalling. But he wants to legalize marijuana. Hey, he wants a 2% increase in the corporate tax rate. Um to be able to afford these things. 2%, yo, rich people, you can take you can take the hit of 2%. Like, no, I'm not a communist. I don't want to transfer wealth from the rich to the poor, but I do think we all need to pay our fair share. You know, and I think corporations feel like they can get a pass for being corrupt by doing 2% of good. <laughs> like, that's a whole nother conversation, but I need us to pay attention to Andrew Gillum. If you have not donated to Paulette Jordan or Andrew Gillum's campaigns, I need you to do so. Um, It was a surge in young voters and black voters that got him over the finish line. That's what got President Obama over the finish line. That's what's going to get all these ladies over the finish line. That's what's going to get this country on the other side of crazy. I mean, you know, I just got to keep it 100. And last, but certainly certainly not least on my list of gubernatorial candidates that we need to be looking out for is Ben Jealous of Maryland. I mean, he's an activist. He's the former CEO of the NAACP, and he could easily possibly be the first black governor of Maryland. Or am I right? No, the first governor from Baltimore, I believe. I don't think he would be the first black governor of Maryland. I got to check up on that. Y'all Google it. Go ahead and Google it. But we need to make sure that we get Ben Jealous into office. And a lot of people are questioning, can he appeal to suburban voters because he's from Bmore? And I say, you know what? We can't live in the land where demographics and where people are from and what people look like and conventional political wisdom is the reason why people decide to run for office. Like, if you're single, if you're gay, if you're a transgender, if you're black, if you're white, if you're a woman, if you're purple, what makes you a good candidate is your story and your ability to work hard for other people. We're, we're losing focus. We're losing focus on that. We've been losing focus and we need, I'm here to remind you. So let me tell you about what Ben Jealous wants to do. He wants to legalize marijuana. None of the medical licenses went to minority companies when they decided to give them out in Maryland. And is anybody surprised? It's crickets in my head. No, not surprised. Um, But he was a Bernie. He was a Bernie supporter. You know, I like Bernie. I like Bernie. I like pushing the status quo. I like the underdog and I like coming up. I like when the people speak. So he was a Bernie supporter. He wants a ban on assault weapons. He's also recently launched the new RX for Maryland, the new prescription for Maryland plan. And what that's going to do is create a prescription drug affordability board to hold pharmaceutical companies accountable. He wants to 
re-import drugs from cheaper countries. And is there anything else he wants to do? Nope, though, that's his, his plan to try to, you know, get pharmaceutical companies to stop price gouging Americans and our healthcare costs. It's absolutely ridiculous. So keep this in the back of your mind. Um, his Republican opponent received $1.4 million from Big Pharma in 2017, which led him to have some issues with a bill to sue pharmaceutical companies for hiking up prices. Duh, a Republican governor had an issue after he got some money. I mean, Republicans have issues with doing anything on gun control after they get some NRA money. So listen, people, we have got candidates to support this year. I have named like, I don't know, like 10 different states. And let me go back and give you the rundown again on the governors to pay attention to. Paulette Jordan, running for governor out of Idaho. Andrew Gillum, running for governor in Florida, first black governor of Florida. That's a fact. Ben Jealous, running for governor in Maryland. And you already know you got to support my girl, Stacey Abrams in Georgia, she's coming through with her progressive ideals. I mean, she's been working hard. The all of our candidates are working hard. They're all they're all living the dream, like living the dream right now because they aren't afraid to do what's right for the people. You ne- you never lose when you do what's right for the people. You turn your losses into lessons. You don't win the first time, you will win the second time. It's called name recognition. You only need a little bit of that, baby. You only need a little to make that a lot. So I'm hoping that you got inspired, you got excited by all the candidates, all the people running to better serve you. Like, I think it's clear that these candidates are running as public servants. They're running to address the concerns of the working class people, not corporations, not party, not themselves, the people. Like Paulette Jordan said, I'm going to leave on this note. We're not speaking to political party issues. We're not speaking to the mob. Okay, we're speaking to the concerns of the people. I mean, that's just so important. So again, if you aren't registered to vote, if you and your tribe aren't registered to vote, I don't know what to tell you. I mean, you really just wasting your good citizenship because you only have one way to express how you feel and and how you feel about the direction of this company, this country. Okay, the midterm elections are in less than 50 days, November 6th. There are elections all across this country. If there are no major gubernatorial races, um, Senate or congressional races at the federal level, I'm sure that there are local races that need your input. That's school board, that's your county legislatures, that's your state legislatures, that's your city councils. It could be mayor offices, it can be committeemen, it can be ombudsmen. We need you to search the polls like you search the club. <laughs> okay, like you search a Beyonce and Jay Z concert. I'm gonna need you to use that same energy 
to rock out on November 6th. I mean, come on, you ain't doing nothing. You just wake up, you just go, you fill out a bubble, you pull down a lever. I mean, it's election season, baby. And you don't have to pay attention to nothing. You just got to boop, go to your podcast, look for Citizen the Pod, put in Kina Zante or if you can't find that, Kina, K-E-I-N-A, it's your host, ready to run down these midterm elections with you. Let, let me let me say these names one more time, because I need y'all to really understand what we got going on out here. Uh, Ayanna Presley, 7th District, Massachusetts. Johanna Hayes, 5th District, Connecticut. Lucy McBath, 6th District, Georgia. Lauren Underwood, Illinois District 14. Ilan Omar, 5th District, Minnesota. Rashida Talib, 15th, 13th, I'm sorry, 13th District, Michigan. Paulette Jordan, running for governor of Idaho. Andrew Gillum, holding it down for Florida Governor Ben Jealous. Governor Maryland, holla at your boy, Stacey Abrams, Georgia, Governor. I'm just I'm just so excited to be here to put y'all on. Pay attention, folks. Pay attention before they run away with our countries. Again, we're gonna surge into the poll. You can at me at the surge 2018 on Twitter and Instagram. You can find me at Citizen the Pod on Twitter because I love to talk shit, y'all. And you might as well, if you like Twitter and like to talk shit, leave me some questions, leave me some kind words, leave me some topic suggestions. I want to hear from you. I'm also on Facebook at Kina Zontel. So I want to say thank you for listening to my podcast. I really appreciate it. I really appreciate the feedback. I've been getting some negative, some positive, and I'm going to use all of that to just make this show better. I thought it was important to have a show that you guys um, so that you guys can hear me and my voice and not necessarily a guest. Um, but I love all my guests and we're stepping up the guests, you know, as this show progresses, progresses on, they've all been so inspirational to me. And I've learned so much from every episode and I'm learning so much every day. And I'm just so grateful and thankful to be here. So, you know, the surge 2018 is a movement, baby. We need to take a hundred men to the polls, just like we take 100 men to war. And, you know, voters are patriots. So this is Citizen the Pod.